Welcome to episode 400 of Nigeria's longest-running business podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based sales consultant and business consultant, Tavashima George Ayede. Today, I'd like us to look at several questions. Is there such a thing as a brand loyalist? Those are those customers who buy from you uh, time and time again, people who are loyal to what it is that you do. And uh, is there um, such a thing as discount-driven customers or price-sensitive customers? The people who are only concerned about price when they hit you up on the DM, uh, when they send you an email, when uh, you get that phone call, or if you run into them at a bridal expo or some other kind of uh, trade fair or um, business fair. So, yes, both of these categories of customers, however it is that you want to call them, exist. So we have some customers that come along because they believe in your hype. They want to work with you. They've uh, seen all the lovely stuff that you put out on the website. Um, what else? Instagram. Um, they believe your gospel. And uh, yeah, and they want to work with you. So your responsibility in this scenario when you run across these people is to make sure that you have a responsive and well thought out sales process for engaging with them. Now, what does being responsive mean? It just means basically that you respond to uh, messages, uh, inquiries, and all kinds of engagements as and when they happen. Because if you're in the habit of returning phone calls two days later, or replying emails a week later, or replying DMs two weeks later, then you are, sorry, two weeks later, then you're going to lose a lot of um, business, uh, even though it happens to be these people who are not so um, price sensitive. Because um, whether we like it or not, there is some sort of commoditization in the industry. And if people are not price sensitive and they put you within a certain class, so let's say they think you are a, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, a high-end wedding photographer or a high-end planner or whatever, most likely they're going to have you in a bracket of two or three other people. So sometimes it boils down to whoever it is that responds to that phone call, to that SMS, to that email, or to that DM um, first. Sometimes those are the critical things that put you in the lead. And so we have to make sure that we um, have a well-thought-out process so that um, when we get to them uh, as quickly and responsibly as possible, we have a process from guiding them through the initial conversation all the way to finding out what their perfect vision is, how we can fulfill that, and then getting them to take the next step, which will ultimately end with them um, paying a deposit and making that commission to get you to be their, um, their service provider uh, for the wedding or the service provider for whatever it is that you do. For those of you who happen to listen to the podcast and you're not in the wedding or the event space. Now, uh, price-sensitive customers or discount-driven customers, I've heard some people call them cheap customers. I don't like to use that term because it's kind of, um, what's the word? Okay, I can't remember. But sounds kind of insulting, so I wouldn't call them cheap customers. Well, at least not to their face anyway. So uh, price-sensitive people, discount-driven people, uh, cheap people, cheap whatever it is you want to call them, yes, they also do exist. And um, I guess the context in how I want to, I would like us to deal with this question is what to do when uh, we get rid of discounts and then these people fall away. The reason why I want us to consider it within this context is because that's precisely how I saw it on the gram, where um, folks who are going over what to do when um, you drop your discounts and then uh, people um, disappear. So I have a couple of scenarios here. 
that um, some of you guys might not like, but I think ultimately we don't have much of a choice. We're going to have to do either of these options or else we just uh, keep on complaining that uh, the cheap people leave every time we raise our prices. So I think the thing to do when uh, you started off with a discount and um, now you've dropped it and people have disappeared is actually to just stay the course. Raise your prices and deal with the attrition. Now, what is attrition? Attrition is just that simple fact I've referred to, I think, uh, two podcast episodes ago. It's just that simple fact that some customers will stop doing business with you because of some factors. Sometimes it's an ease of business thing. They move to uh, another part of town. You know, maybe they were based in uh, Guarimpa. You're a cake artist. You're in Guarimpa. So it was easy. You know, on the way in or the way out of work, they just branch and pick up the cake. But now maybe they move to uh, Apo or some other area in Garki or, um, you know, the Lagos uh, mainland and island thing. You know, they used to be in Lekki, but now they live in Ikeja. You know, those sorts of things. So people move, you know, ease of business, convenience, sometimes... Um, it might be price, just like we've mentioned when we're dealing with uh, the price-sensitive people or the cheap people, as some people call them. Um, sometimes it could be a seasonal thing. Maybe you have bad uh, customer service or maybe it's um, a defect in your product or whatever it is. But the bottom line is that uh, people are going to um, fall out of our funnel and are going to fall away time after time. Um, yes, I think it was two podcast episodes ago where we examined some situations where you have control over some of these factors of um, attrition and other factors of attrition where you don't have any control, like when people move away or die. There's nothing you can do um, about uh, that. So attrition is just the act of customers falling away. Now, if prices were <coughs> sorry, excuse me, if prices were low in the beginning, then it's just a normal part of the process that the flow is going to dry up when you raise your prices because uh, it's an old saying in the sales community that if they came on price, they are going to leave on price. So even if they came on price and you maintain the low prices, but somebody else came with a lower price, they're going to leave on price. So somebody came to you for wedding photography at 150K and maybe they were your call to person for uh, everything else, uh, baby shower and bridal shower and on and on, uh, office functions, blah, blah, blah. But truth of the matter is, as soon as they find somebody who is willing to come in at 130k, they're going to move because for them, um, it's inconsequential what the photography is, and 150k, 130k, that saving of uh, 30k. So um, they'll they'll just move. So if they come on price, they're going to leave on price. So that's the reason why I recommend that we just have to stay the course and uh, raise our prices and deal with the attrition. So, of course, we're going to have to change our positioning of the business, you know, how we advertise ourselves, how we promote ourselves. And um, while we change that, we just have to be patient and cope with the famine, in quote, as some people say, you know, when they say feast and famine. So I guess when the uh, prices were low, there was some feasting going on. You had lots of people, you raised the prices and then crickets is quiet. And then now you're dealing um, with uh, famine. So... Um, stay the course, leave your prices the way they are. In the meantime, we have to change our positioning, how we advertise, how we talk about ourselves, how we promote ourselves, uh, things of that nature, so that we can now um, start selling ourselves up into a higher uh, market. So you can move beyond that 150k market and now start looking at that 250 or 300 or you know you started at 400 and you're trying to aim for that 1.2 or um, whatever it is. 
Now, are all discount shoppers bad and the whole thing of dropping your price? Is it bad? You know, maybe not. There are times when I have uh, spoken about in previous podcasts about the right way to use discounts. If this is your first time of listening to the show, just um, scroll down the three... Uh, okay, yeah, now we have 400 episodes. So scroll past um, down uh, the 400 episodes that we have so far and look for anything that has discount in the title and you will get a treatment about how um, what the best way is to use um, discounts as a deliberate way to promote the business. So um, discount shoppers are not uh, entirely uh, bad because sometimes this whole thing of discounting um, is a good way to get some traction in the market or to build a portfolio before you're fully confident in your craft. Um, So wedding photographers in particular have been known to use this kind of strategy. So you're coming in, you want to be a wedding photographer, uh, but you don't have a history of satisfied clients before you. And so you decide to come in at the low end or do a couple of things for free because some people are just trying to um, build a portfolio. And uh, to be honest, it's something that I did. <coughs> so the first... <coughs> so excuse me about that. So the first um, set of eight weddings I did were not at full price. Well, actually, um, my brother's wedding was one of them. So let's say the first seven weddings that I did were either for free or for a very small uh, fee because I wanted to build up a physical portfolio. Uh, this was um, about a decade ago. And so, you know, back then um, there was Flickr, but Instagram wasn't around and stuff like that. So some of us who believed in um, portfolios for our craft either had to have a, uh, what's it called, an iPad. Yeah, back then I think iPads were the ones that the tablets that were raining. So we'd have an iPad with a soft copy of everything on it or you would have a physical portfolio. Now I chose to use the physical portfolio because I wanted to give people a sense of what my work would look um, look like in print because <clears throat> because I consider myself to be a uh, print uh, photographer. So it's not just about how things look online. I want you to have a sense of what the finished thing is going to um, look like. So that's how I built my portfolio. And so some of us get into the game by um, using these uh, discount shoppers and low prices and um, stuff like that until we either build a portfolio until we are confident in our craft. Now, there are other people who also use uh, discount shoppers or this uh, pricing, uh, low pricing model as a market penetration um, strategy. Now, the idea is to come in at a really low price and then flood the market so that your name is absolutely everywhere. You know, you blast your way into public consciousness and then after a while you can raise your prices and then of course you cope with the um, attrition. Now something that I must comment on, um, it requires some um, capitalization to do this, it requires some money. You either have to have uh, savings or investors, people pumping in cash basically because things, um, because um, while your prices are low, you have to fund the gap between um, uh, low prices and uh, um, low profits and then also once you raise um, your prices people fall away and so you're still going to need some money for running costs uh, so let's say you're a photographer um, well actually it's rumored that uh, Kelala is it Kelala or Klala photography I think so it's rumored uh, remember this is a rumor I'm not saying so authoritatively but it's something that I heard back when I was in um, some photography uh, forums so supposedly that's the thing that Kelala Photography did, uh, based in Lagos. So um, the way uh, boys say it, 
at least in the group anyway, was that he came in at 150k uh, for a wedding and that uh, he flooded uh, social media. So it was all over Instagram, all over Bella Niger, uh, all those wedding blogs, you know, stuff like that. So because he was doing at 150k and then he had a crew with him, they could be doing uh, two or three weddings uh, per week. And then, of course, if you're doing two or three weddings per week, that's looking at 10, 12 um, weddings in a month. And um, if you're pushing well, um, especially uh, also trying to promote on Instagram, then, you know, anyhow, anyhow, you're definitely going to be in uh, wedding blogs and stuff like that. So it was a sustained campaign that lasted for, I would say, close to a year. But then again, I'm not sure about this 150k thing, but that's what people said he was doing. And at the time, my own opinion on the group was, you know, people shouldn't um, knock the guy's hustle. That if he's coming in at 150k, then he's probably trying to do this um, um, low market um, pricing thing that, you know, people do it all the, uh, all the time. It's also the same thing that Amazon did. Amazon made losses for um, the first 20 years of running because they wanted to acquire customers on the cheap, knowing that they were going to make money uh, on the back end. So this low, um, uh, low pricing thing um, is actually a valid strategy if you have the capital to back it up. So we don't know if Kilala had lots of savings or if he had lots of investors. For Amazon, of course, it was because they had lots of investors who agreed with the uh, business thesis. But that's the whole idea, basically. So just make sure that you're um, everywhere. And then, of course, um, after a while, several months, a year, he now raised his prices and now he's charging, supposedly, Admiralty Road prices, you know, those high-end um, photographers in uh, Lekki and in Lagos. So remember that this um, gist that I just gave you, this story is, you know, a rumored story. So if you happen to know um, Kelala or Klala, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. If you happen to know um, him, then please, um, you know, hit him up and uh, connect us so that I can interview him, let him be on the podcast because um, I was interested by his meteoric rise and it would be nice to uh, lend a different perspective here on the podcast. So if it is indeed true, it would be nice to hear from him because what he did is not the kind of strategy that um, most photographers would do to get into uh, the game. So if you know him personally, then please hook up the introductions so that I can set the record straight and so we can learn about um, exactly what it is that he um, did. So should price-sensitive customers be avoided? Maybe not, because some uh, businesses have offerings for different ends of the market. For instance, in Abuja here, we have uh, George Okoro, who has now entered into the low-end um, street retail photography end. So uh, basically that, you know, 50K, 30K uh, markets, you know, doing portraits and stuff like that. I don't know if the wedding packages are that diversified to capture the real um, uh, low end. So they have, uh, they're capturing all that, that market between, you know, 50K all the way to high end wedding photography. But um, one thing to note, however, is that he didn't start with the low end uh, retail market. He didn't start with the 50K market. He actually started... Um, well, then again, I'm not saying this firsthand, but George Okoro is rumored to have started um, high end from the get and then later on uh, tried to capture lower ends of the market. So started, uh, in fact, I heard that he started at about 800k. I don't know how true that is. So let's just assume that there's some truth to that story. So starting 800 and then walking away down to cover the 50k end. And the goal of this kind of strategy for having offerings for different ends of the market basically is to capture as much profit as possible. And that also is an established uh, business strategy. Um, that's one that Toyota uses on us, for instance. 
uh, because Toyota, they're the makers of the Corolla, Corona, all these other cars, you know, the normal one that we boys buy over here in uh, um, Abuja and in Lagos. Well, Niger boys, basically, what we buy. But then they're also the makers of um, the Lexus. And some people say a Lexus is just a Toyota with a different name, you know, uh, with a different name, with a different chassis, and with the golden um, letter L. So the strategy is the same. So you make um, Lexus Jeeps so that uh, Nigerian politicians can buy. You capture the high-end part of the market. And then you also make the Toyota Corolla so that um, boys in Abuja can buy as well. And then you make a healthy profit because you're capturing the market from boys who are hustling all the way up to um, politicians and people who hang out in Asorok. So, um, yeah, so it's a genuine um, strategy as well that uh, other folks might also uh, try. So anyway, what's the moral of the story? You know, the whole thing about um, high-end, low-end, discounting, attrition, people falling away. I guess the moral of the story is this, that dealing with the low-end of the market and discounting and all that isn't such a bad thing so long as you have a plan. If you don't have a plan and you're trying to play some of these games, then you're on your own. Uh, however it is you end, you know, as you make your bed, so you're going to lie on it. So, so long as you have a plan, I guess you'll do okay. But either way, you have to be prepared with the sales process for dealing with um, either discount shoppers or your ideal audience. We always need to have um, a well-thought-out sales process. Who am I going after? Where do they hang out? How am I going to initiate the conversation with them? How do I find out what the perfect vision is? How do I figure out if I'm going to be able to fulfill that at the price that is okay for both of us? And how do I get them to come back? For repeat business and um, referrals so yeah that's it so so long as you have a plan i guess you'll be doing okay so thank you very much for listening to the show i'll catch you guys at the next recording and a special thanks to those of you who've been listening from uh day one uh we're finally here 400 episodes thank you guys for uh, thank you guys for hanging out here with me and for uh, keeping me um going strong so here's looking forward to 400 more episodes so um yeah, you'll have a wonderful weekend. I'll catch you at the next recording.